Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. Here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. For Stan Simpkins, I'm Lonnie Shambi, and good morning to our listening audience. Welcome to another episode of Small Business Wake-Up Call. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, sales but a little different slant. You've been your own sales manager since you started your business, hiring some salespeople along the way, but now, now you and your company have got to take a big step forward, and that is actually hire a real sales manager to manage your sales and your team. Your ultimate growth and success will be dictated by how well sales are managed. In essence, You've got to professionalize your sales operation. From the sales you generate to the salespeople you build long-term relationships with, to the customers that you have, to the processes that generate the revenue and profit from those relationships. Good morning, Lonnie. And you know, that's easier said than done. First of all, how do you know when you should be transitioning to more professionally managed salesforce to begin with? Hiring a sales manager alone and getting the right person is the best. <laughs> Tricky territory. And let's face it, salespeople are unique, but the job of the sales manager requires even more specialized skills, particularly the ability to manage disparate people, separate of whom you may have been with the owner for many years for that matter. And there's probably no role in a company except the owner, CEO, where the lack of achievement can pearl to whole future and be harder to fill. And so how, where do you start? So what are the possible indicators you should make a transition? How do you even know? You never had training, perhaps? formal sales training, you're winging it, you never was a sales manager before your own business. And you know, being a sales manager, maybe to one or more people, perhaps, and maybe not, maybe not getting the outcomes you desire or, or feeling lost at times or finding the process just simply painful. Another one is you might be growing so rapidly that you just can't do the job as effectively as you need to be. Getting busy with the list of things that all small businesses have to do way more than we have time for. Or perhaps your product line has gotten broader and now you need stronger representation in the field who can manage your sales force. And you need to know, don't do it for show on your organization chart. That's not going to help you at all. I remember having a telephone system, call management software company. This is back in the days when this was kind of new technology. And the owner, he was the guru of this. He really knew the software, the technology, and the customer mindset who would utilize this. And he had to manage primarily large governmental corporations and governmental agencies. And I had to convince him 
to let me help him hire his first sales manager. And the good news is that person lasted 10 years. And quite frankly, I think we both would admit, had we not done that, the, probably, the company wouldn't have grown as rapidly and effectively as it did. Or maybe not have grown at all. That's the other side of it. Stan, this is, as you said, tricky territory. First off, how do you find candidates? Start out by, I think, just create an in-depth profile of the kind of person you're looking for and try to be as specific as you can. How you want to differentiate candidates from all the others. Typical thing in the process is if you're a small business, which by you listening here, you probably are. One of the more important things is the size of the company they came from. If you're a $10 million company and they come from a Fortune 500, not a good fit. Your culture, they're coming from a different place. And so always include this in your profile. I always, if I'm helping a client put something together, I'm always saying small company experience is a necessity. And then post it on the recruiting boards. I've had most of my success with that in either Indeed, by far the best, or ZipRecruiter. Place a very specific ad with them. Might cost you a couple hundred bucks total. They advertise it out, but it's rarely more than 300 bucks. And I've used both of these guys, and I've had great success. I've had them be able to hire three different sales managers over the last two and a half years. So it's something that's, I think, good to help. And it'll extricate the owner from having to manage the salespeople himself. So, Lonnie, I'm just curious. We've often said this thing about the culture of bringing someone from big company and how that sometimes just is not going to work. Expand that a little bit. So owners who are going, what do you mean? That's what I was going to do. What's the reality of that? And see, what happens is they get steered by the name of the company. Oh, this guy was with Microsoft or this guy was with Google or no, no. That's not it. The cultures of those companies are way different. And so what I tell people is hire for culture. You know you're going to hire somebody who's skilled, okay? But then hire for culture. So it's kind of one and one A. And that's critical. That really is. And then another is interviewing. Most small business owners have had little formal training. God, when I did it, I hated interviewing. And I was really shitty at it. And they got a lot of black and blue marks. And in my experience, owners are really uncomfortable with the interview process. And this often results in poor choices. As well, many sales-oriented owners fall into the trap of selling rather than buying. That is, talking too much and not asking candidates enough probing questions, and then listening for the answers. Preparation <laughs> is key here. Okay. Milani, if I can interject. Please. And please don't be like you're an interviewer from Guantanamo Bay. Okay? <laughs> this is an interview, not an interrogation. Exactly. I once was sent out by the CPA firm I had joined out of college, and no one gave me any training preparing. They sent me to college to interview college graduates. And of course, when I got back, the boss said, that they don't want me to send you back. And I said, why? They said, you were like, really? I said, well, that's how you interviewed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Now, here's an interesting thing about 
interviewing. It's kind of like there was a time, it was about 10 years ago, with a client on the West Coast, and he was just growing like wildfire. He needed like a half a dozen people. And we started doing this, and I said, oh, this isn't going to work. And I had a friend of mine who has a company called Hire Authority. That's hire, like in hiring somebody, authority. And she operates with a process. It's a $300 deal. It'd be worth your while to go look at it. Hire Authority, motivation-based interviewing. And that gets you to understand and hire people who aren't just there for a job. They've got a motivation for what they want to do. I've actually taken it. It changed the way I interviewed people. And I guarantee you. You mean you can't ask the what motivates you question? No. You mean they wouldn't tell you the truth? They wouldn't tell you the truth if you held a gun to their head. You mean like pick a car in any car? That's my personality motivation. Exactly. Exactly. So, And then the other thing is do reference checking. When you finally narrow it down to two or three people, do reference checking. When I ask for references, when I do this, I ask for six references. People look at me like I'm nuts. I ask for two up, that is two people who they reported to, two down, that is two people who reported to them, and two besides, that's two people that worked alongside them. There were peers. And you may not talk to all six, but after four, and that's usually my minimum, you have a sense of who this person really is. Because nobody ever provides references that won't say great things about them. But when you ask for six, it sort of scares them into being more thoughtful. And it also provides you with a broader base to select from. I've never called all six, but I've had situations where I only got three. I had one in particular about a year ago. And those were all people who worked for the candidate or were peers. So that raised a red flag for me. Needless to say, we shouldn't have hired that person. Much to my chagrin and against my recommendation, the client did. And we had to fire him in less than 90 days. Yeah, well, you know, the one I like, I'll look at companies struggling at attracting people. And I look at their logs and I'm saying, they actually had quite a lot of response to their ads and Looks like they conducted quite a number of interviews, even second interviews, and yet they weren't closing any of the candidates. And I said, can I look at your comp plan? Could somebody explain it to me? <laughs> and when they did, I go, you know why? <laughs> you have bad hooks. If you were a oh. fisherman, I would tell you you have bad hooks. Okay? <laughs> it's not your lines. It's not the wrong waters. It's not the wrong kind of fish. You got bad hooks. They just had a terrible comp plan. And it's been that way. And the owner said, yeah, but it's worked all these years. Yeah, well, it worked all these years because he was only looking to hire one here, one there. And, of course, he ended up with not the best candidates. We just didn't know it. The question you would ask him then is, what's your turnover with salespeople? That's your giveaway. Well, Lonnie, why would you have to ask somebody their motivation? If someone's willing to work on a 100% commission basis. <laughs> commission, 100% you know, commission rate. Wouldn't that show is. they're highly motivated? Yeah. No, that shows they're highly hungry and stupid. Mostly stupid. Okay. It's kind of like when people think that they can get salespeople cheap, you get what you pay for. Yeah. I had a $20 million wholesale distributor own describe the product, but second generation company had a sales manager. And of course, Lonnie, you'll love this one. Who was a sales manager? His former top salesperson. Oh, and that's a great story because, oh, Lonnie, he was a nice guy, hell of a nice guy. Everybody loved him. 
if you're doing that, if you bring your best salesperson and make him your manager, you lose twice. You take your best sales guy out of the field and you create your worst manager. Well, worse yet, he didn't even give him any training. The guy was a yes man. And yeah. obviously, he didn't like me because I asked what you call questions. Hard questions. Relevant questions. No, just relevant questions. Just relevant. They're hard if you don't have the answers, but they're not. Well, they're there's not, that. But yes, they're that's not right. Irrelevant. And it was just amazing. And once I, it took me a while. I was working on other things for the company, so it wasn't actually one of my highest priorities at the time. But eventually, over several months, we got in the change and just changing the comp plan and changing the criteria for interviewing people. And frankly, getting the owner who would not change. I actually told me he needed to change the sales rank. He didn't buy that. So sometimes you got to live with what you got, like in family. Sometimes yeah, you, yeah, it yeah, isn't yeah, always yeah. the best business decision, but you keep peace. And we kind of made the best of both worlds and it helped. But this client had other operational issues besides that, frankly. Yeah. And comp plans are, we could do an entire session on comp plans, but go ahead. So we probably will sometime. So now you've made the decision for the first time, bring in a new sales manager, okay? But you've got this established functioning team, you know, half a dozen or whatever salespeople out there in the field. But there's this one guy or gal who really, they were the walking dead we've talked about in previous yeah. episodes. Yes. They were fired but continued to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> or they laid themselves off. It's so crazy. the owner, of course, figuring, well, let me test the new sales manager, we're going to balls this guy's got our gal's got right? Yeah. We're going to let him fire the person. That's well, right. That's a, let him uh, do yeah. the dirty work that and, I So what's wrong with do. that, Lonnie? You've been in the sales manager. What's oh. wrong with doing that? Is that a good way to test the new sales manager? Yeah, it's a good way to test the new sales manager. And if you have any other salespeople, a good way for them to jump ship. Okay. Can you say <laughs> shit in your pants? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and then the new sales manager, he comes in and he's bad guy out of the chute. Oh my God, what a way to go. Oh, I know you've mentioned it earlier, but it bears repeating. You got to make sure you've got a really rock solid job description. Oh, and it's yeah. more than just listing duties. How about things like discipline? Who and when and how are we going to have a discipline? That one usually gets addressed when this new sales manager does it the right way, but not the way the owner would have thought. And all of a sudden he's getting chastised for, why don't you ask me first? Exactly. So now you got a guessing game relationship. This is tough because it's like holding a grenade. You're handing the grenade off. The owner's handing the grenade to the sales manager who's got to deal with it. And it never is going to be as good as this new sales manager thought it was or thought it would be and never as good as the new sales manager was expecting. So, But yes. whatever you do, don't use the Lonnie Shambi Karnak method. <laughs> Okay, and a friend of mine has watched reruns of Johnny Carson where he holds a paper up near his ear and he says, read my mind. That's the Karnak method. Do what you want so long as you can read my mind exactly. before you do it. Okay. We got a whole lot of stuff here, Lonnie. So why don't we just take a break for a moment and come back to this and we'll have a lot more tips for you. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems? The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes, 
Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. Well, Stan, here's a question for you. Once you brought this sales manager in, how do you monitor him? Because remember, you've never done this before in this business. You may have done it in another business, but how much time do you spend with a sales manager? Well, early on, daily. I don't mean shadow him. I mean, have him shadow you, if anything, but have him make sure he learns the business during the first 30 or 60 days. There's no such thing as too much face time there. After that, weekly. And forecasting is a critical issue because it will get you to understand how his mind or her mind works in defining what a prospect is, in defining what the entirety of the opportunity is. And this is where owners often don't have a formal process of forecasting. And this becomes an issue, and the overall management role now becomes the only connection that the owner has to the sales manager and the customer base, the prospects, et cetera. And this can be a big gap area for somebody who's never had a sales manager. So, Lonnie, can I ask you a question, if I may? Yes, sir. So, from a practical standpoint, especially in a small business environment where there's these relationships have been built up between the sales team and the owner who was the sales manager. And let's, let's consider it to be a very positive one. When you talk about 30 to 60 days, is there a time during which the owner and the sales manager are almost like one team working with the sales people and the owner kind of fades out of the picture? Or how's that actually physically? He doesn't just say, here you go, goodbye. The handoff is gradual, but by no later than 90 days, the sales manager owns it. And it's his. And people say to me, how do I judge a sales manager? It's just one word, baby, results. And the processes he or she puts in place, everything else is eyewash. But early on, it's okay. And it's not micromanaging. It's understanding what that sales manager really is doing and what his style is. Because you can't get style, management style and style in the interview process. But sidebar, here's something to think about, which just crossed my mind that we didn't touch on in the interview process. Don't don't ever think about not having at least one, if not both or three or whatever number of salespeople you have interview their new boss. Strange thought, huh? But give them 15 minutes to ask some questions. 
it gives both of them an idea how to size up the other. This is before making the offer? Yes, absolutely. And then this sales team that you have there, the mommy-daddy thing is when the new sales guy is much tougher than the owner, meaning he comes from a sales background. It's not that he's smarter than the owner, no. And the fact is that they'll try to play one off against the other. That is, try to play the owner off against the new sales manager. I mean, I'm familiar with this one. I was actually brought in to fix this problem with a client who hired badly. Okay. And this can just be a Pandora's box. So this is one of those things where we only have 30 minutes and we can't touch on everything, but this is something to really watch out for. Don't let the kids split mom and dad. Let's say that way. I don't mean to infer that the salespeople are kids, but just take the metaphor as I played it. Well, the dynamics of any team, whether it's a sales team or a Dutch team, is always going to have a family element when you think about it because we're human. Yeah, absolutely. For at least some of us. So, <laughs> so, and since Lonnie cast me as the bean counter, I get to talk about the money part. One of the things I've often found, I'm sure you've probably seen this, Lonnie, especially for a small business going for the first time, is they're thinking the big action of concern is just the compensation plan. They totally disregard the fact that they've decided when they've hired the sales manager that they want to grow. I mean, why would you be bringing one in just for the sheer point of delegation? So given that they're going to have some ambitious sales goals, they forget about all the other tools to budget for. Things like additional lead generation tools, maybe some supplemental marketing methods and processes, like how about some sales training and actual formal sales training, especially when the sales manager interviews all the salespeople and learns, as is most times the case, not one out of 10 ever had a, even read a sales book. Exactly. Okay. Those exactly. ads on TV and radio are true. And my experience in all these years is mine too. People just, it's like hiring an IT guy who learned on the job. On the job. We got a lot yep. of good guys out there, a lot of innate skills. But you know what? When all said and done, I'll take some formal training any day of the week. Absolutely. So it's really important to be looking at the other budgetable items you need because, in all honesty, it may well be maybe that will be the indicator you're not really ready, that maybe you do need one, but you really can't yet afford it from a cash flow standpoint. You don't have enough structure or you don't have enough budget. Well, let's face it. What's usually the biggest thing holding us back from making expenditures? It's called the budget limitations. Yeah, absolutely. And that's driven by sales. If you're selling, then you've got more budget to spend. And realize something else, that without marketing, you have no lead generation. That's all marketing is. Its sole purpose is to generate qualified leads. Now I'm going to have people out there, I can hear them moaning. Yeah? Tell me what else marketing does. Because if they're not doing qualified leads, whatever else they're doing is, as I said before, eyewash. Their job is to make the sales function more dynamic and just more successful. We always keep saying to our audience that this is about top of mind awareness. We know that you out there know these things, so don't feel like we're being condescending, but... The bottom line is it gets down to returning to the basics. I sometimes wonder how we get paid, what we get paid, because most of the times we're bringing people back to the basics. If you think about it, it's nothing magical. It's not like the Karnak thing where you pick a car at any car. Exactly, yes. Here's a big one. You'll love this one. The owner tells me his goals. 
And I say, could you give me an idea what they are by person? And they look at me like deer in a headlight. That they yeah. literally yes. don't have them. They couldn't even tell you. And if I ask the salespeople, they'll give me a number. But the way they tell it to me is like, pick a card, any card. Exactly. It's a number. Excuse Whatever me. number would satisfy the boss to get off their back. But that's the end of the conversation about the goals, other than maybe posting a few results. And they never track them. And that's the other important thing is they never track them. Okay. And one of the things they got to spend on is technology. And what's the big technology thing? Stan? Stan, what's the big technology thing everybody talks about? C-R-M. Aha. Which stands for, for those Can't of you who my don't mind. know. Can't read my mind. Right. Customer <laughs> Relationship Management. What's that mean? Well, it means we're tracking our customers, our prospects, right through the process of becoming customers. And there are a zillion of them out there, et cetera. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's what works for you. A CRM. When you were working with Ben Franklin back in the days, okay, (laughs) what would he have done if he couldn't have a CRM system? Any idea of what he could have done then? Sure. He'd have found a blackboard and he'd have listed the prospects on the blackboard if there was such a thing. Okay. And that would be futuristic for them. But today you get to put it on an Excel spreadsheet. Isn't that true? Yeah. (laughs) And that's just as good as paying whatever amount of money for a CRM. It's not one size fits all. It's what fits for you. That's an interesting point that we're talking about technology. One of the things I'll ask a prospective sales manager is to tell me what are the various goals that he be managing, if you will. And if all I hear is individual rep sales goals, and I don't hear things like introducing new technology or talking about his training objectives for the team, or attendance at functions that are relevant to their marketing goals. Oh, I mean, you yeah. Get that I mean, I'm like, what do I got here? I got a machine. You see, sales guys are coin operated, first off. It's one of these things where you've got to show them how it's going to benefit them in their wallet and how it's going to help them grow in their job. And that's going to be the important thing. And that's, I mean, from that vantage point, that's really the thing that you got to think about. So let me finish with one last thing, because it's a question that we get all the time. How do you know when it's time to replace the sales manager? Because it's not unusual to get it wrong the first time. And how and when do you do that? Well, plan for the worst, hope for the best. I mean, that sounds simplistic, but it depends on the human dynamics of the sales team. And that's why I say have the salespeople interview their new boss. Be interesting to get a reaction. I do this all the time with clients. They have to have the salespeople talk to the new manager. And you could use that anywhere in your business. But the real advice here is hire better the first time. That's the right answer. Hire better the first time. Well, today we talked about the transition from an owner managing the salespeople to the owner managing a professional sales manager who is managing the sales function. We also talked about how to make all that work from finding the right person through hiring and managing the managing process. It's a huge step for an owner, but one, if he or she does it methodically, can bring the business to a whole other level of growth. And hopefully, with our war stories and guidance, can help you navigate those tricky waters. 
Well said, Lonnie. You know, we want to thank you, really. We've enjoyed so many weeks with you as our podcast listeners. And if you're interested and you want to subscribe, if you've only clicked one to one, please go to www.sbvirtualroundtables.com. You'll see a couple tabs for not only requesting a invitation as a guest to one of our monthly virtual roundtable meetings, but also for our podcast series. We've got just about 30 of them posted at this point, and we hope that you'll take a chance and go back, maybe start from the beginning. As I mentioned as well, we'd like to encourage you to get a free guest invitation, in fact, up to three of them, to one of our virtual roundtables where we've got our seasoned members and ourselves as facilitators. And I think you'll come and take a test drive and see where it can take you in your business. We promise you'll feel just like one of the families sooner than you might expect. So Alani Shambi and myself, this is Stan Simpkins. Have a great day and thanks for being here. See you all. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. We'll be right back.